BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm super excited to have the CEO of SolidCore and Malam on the show today. And by the way, if you're anywhere, you know, celebrating the holidays, I hope everything's going well. I hope there's no fights with your family. You know how it goes. But if if that is happening, you can always go to patreon.com slash we met at Acme and send me a direct message and we can commiserate together. But I wanted to start Anne's episode with a little bit of a solo. As usual, um, there were some questions that you had asked me. So I'll go over them just briefly. Someone asked, an old fling will be at the same party as me and my significant other. Do I introduce them? I would say introduce them as if you introduce anyone else. But I don't think you need to be like, oh, yeah, I used to fuck this person. Like, unless you feel like, you're making an idiot out of your significant other. Like, you don't really have to say anything. I think, you know, sometimes in that, in that moment, I think ignorance is bliss. Love phone calls beget major anxiety when significant other calls randomly. How to handle. That's so interesting because I kind of do too. I'm not really a phone call person. I feel like it's an ambush a lot of the time. But then... On the other hand, I'm like, oh, I wish I got more calls, but I never react to them well. So that's probably why. I think you should talk about it in therapy for sure, or just like explore what is bringing up that anxiety and where that comes from. Maybe it was something from the past. Maybe you had a bad phone call once or twice and it was traumatic for you, but definitely go into like unpacking that best episode for dealing with a breakup slash a broken heart. I would say episode 45 with Amy Chan, but I'll talk about it a little bit now. You know, breakups are really hard. They're never easy. And it's okay to be sad. And it's okay to feel those feelings and really, you know, wallow in that sadness for a little bit. I have a friend whose sister went through a breakup. They were together for like seven years. She sat at home in hysteria for two weeks crying like her mom had to fly down. It was a whole thing. And then after two weeks, she just like picked herself up and she went out into the world and she ended up reconnecting with the guy that she's now dating. So I think like the best thing you can do is be sad right away. Like don't put off the sadness because that's the only way to heal and to heal probably faster. 
should you bring up an ex during a first date? I don't think so. I mean, if you can help not doing that unless they ask, I don't think you should bring up an ex on a first date. How many dates is considered dating? I guess like almost when you're official, I think up until then you're seeing someone, you know? When is it too early in the relationship to start sending racy pics? I'm bad at this because I do it pretty quickly, like maybe three dates in, but that's probably the Libra in me and like maybe a validation thing that I need to explore in therapy. But I think like when you're comfortable, when you feel like it's a hot picture and you feel like they'll be receptive to it, go for it. But don't put your face in it if it's a nudie. Gave a guy my number on an app and he replies with his who makes the first move. It better be him. That's like a rude reply. I'd be like, um, okay, I'm not texting you. So good luck with that. Red flag if they don't text you after sleeping with them. 100%. Is there such thing as being too comfortable in your relationship before getting engaged? Yes. There is always such thing as being too comfortable in your relationship. And it's not good. Like, I feel like there's, it's so synonymous with like taking someone for granted and it's a conversation that needs to be had. Like if your partner isn't putting in any effort and just thinks that you're going to be around like effort or not, it's not good. So you definitely need to talk to them about that. Okay. I'm going to pause there because I want you to enjoy this episode with Anne and I hope you are having a good holiday season and um, write us a review if you enjoy the episode. We could use some more reviews, trying to get to 1,000 reviews. So help us and get your ticket for the show in D.C. January 28th. It is coming up. We met at acme.com slash tour. All right. Bye, guys. Hey, guys. I'm Justin Anderson, co-owner of the hair care line DP Hue and Celebrity Hair Killers. Have you ever wondered what happens in a celebrity salon chair? Well, that's what this podcast, In the Chair with Justin Anderson, is all about. I'm literally recording while I'm coloring hair in real time, giving them their signature looks or going for something bold and new. All right, you guys, you're going to want to subscribe to In the Chair on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. I want you to be in the know when each new episode drops every single Friday. Keep it cool and I'll talk to you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm super excited to be here with founder and CEO of Solid Core, Ann Malam. Perfect. <laughs> I'm so glad I got it right. Yeah, you nailed it. So, Anne, how old are you and where are you from? I just turned 39, uh, November 3rd. So Happy recently. Birthday. Thank you very much. I was going to ask you your sign. Yes. But of course, Scorpio. I, I know. I've listened to a couple of your episodes since getting mm-hmm. introduced to the podcast and I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. So I'm 39 and yeah, last year in my 30s and I'm from North Dakota. Awesome. Did you say November 4th or 3rd? 3rd. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. I feel like you know a lot more about the days of born. I do not know my rising sign or whatever the other one is. Do you know what time you were born? In the morning. All right, well, we have to, we'll have to figure it out after this because okay. I'm curious. Well, you can also download this app that you just plug in your info and it tells you like everything. Great. It'd be great so, to have reason yeah. to know why I'm yeah. the way that I am. <laughs> but totally. But you said you were born on the third and actually mm-hmm. I'm also a big believer in numerology. Okay. So, I mean, I, I don't know like how much it's true, but I do know that everyone I know that's born on the third is a trailblazer. Hmm, interesting. And also very sweet. Oh, 
Yeah. Well, great. Let's hope I don't yeah. uh, hurt this average here. <laughs> so a Scorpio mm-hmm. and from North Dakota. Mm-hmm. What brought you to New York? So I moved to the East Coast. I did an internship for my U.S. senator this summer before my senior year in college. Mm-hmm. And I was in college in Minnesota, so I didn't travel too far from home for that journey. And then moved to D.C. for this internship. And I was just like, all these houses are stuck together. It was just this brand new, totally crazy experience for me that I hadn't been exposed to mm. um, for the first 20 years of my life. And I really just fell in love with the diversity of DC, the how smart it was, the restaurants. And I was just like, wow, there's so much more obviously out there than what I'm used to back in North Dakota in the Midwest and just kind of got my curiosity peaking. And so I decided I would go to grad school after college in DC to just, again, get more exposure and sort of be out here on my own and Mm -hmm. get more independence. And then I've been bouncing around the East Coast for the last 15 years now, if not more, from DC to Philly, back to DC, New York, back to DC. And now I'm between New York and DC again. Very cool. And what, so obviously you founded Solid Core and I want to get into, you know, exactly what Solid Core Mm -hmm. is for the people who have never heard of it. But before that, I want to get into your kind of like fitness relationship Mm -hmm. and journey. Like, were you always someone that thought that, you know, working out was important and did it come from a mental Mm -hmm. health reason or just like wanting to stay in shape? Yeah, I've been working out since as long as I can remember. I was a huge tomboy as a kid. Like, I would not play softball with the girls. Like, I was adamant about playing with the boys because I was good at sports. And I was more really, I felt I was much more competitive than other girls that I was playing sports with. Mm-hmm. Um, so my love for activity had always been there. And, you know, then you get to be a teenager and vanity kind of kicks in and your body image kicks in. And I suffered through it with the same with a lot of women when you're in high school and college and how you look and, you know, beat myself up and, you know, threw up my food for years and Mm. just had a really unhealthy relationship with food and how I looked and my whole self-worth being put in this bucket of how I perceived my body and how attractive I was. And Mm. If I felt attractive, that meant other people would accept me. And if I didn't, that meant, you know, just this plummeting self-esteem. So it's been, you know, years of that. And I think that's pretty similar for a lot of women out there, Mm -hmm. especially in, we're just sort of taught to be pretty, to be attractive. And if you're not those things, bare minimum, it's just, I feel like people can feel easily disregarded. Like, okay, well, you don't meet those sort of standards. So I don't even sort of care. For sure. Okay. So we were talking about body image Mm -hmm. and then I got chicken fingers and now we're back. (laughs) I think that's awesome. So yeah. So it just took for me a long time to Mm -hmm. accept and be excited about other areas of who I am as a person and not just put my whole self-worth based off of how my body looks and how attractive I felt like I was to other people. Right. It's actually so true what you were saying about if you don't fit into, you know, X, Y, and Z, you get disregarded Mm -hmm. because I feel like, so I try to give dating advice all the time Mm -hmm. and some people will come to me and they'll be like, I just don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't see why I'm not matching with, you know, people on these dating apps and this and that. And I find myself trying to think Mm -hmm. as like, 
those people and being like, well, what can I fix about this person to make them more attractive mm-hmm. to people on dating apps? And it's like, no, this is who they are. Right. And someone's either going to like it or not. Like they don't right. have to like straighten their hair right. or whiten their teeth or like work out more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, working out, obviously it's great for your mental health and it's great, you know, for your physical health. But I do find myself thinking the same way, like about, you know, trying to get people in that box. But mm-hmm. it's so it's so not helpful. Yeah. And I think it's sort of all of these messages are contradicting at time, right? Yeah. Love your body, love yourself, do these things, but you know, work out, eat healthy, look this way. Here there's still we're still hit with images. And now it's even worse, right? With Instagram, yeah. all these filters. Oh. And it's like people that is not how that person looks. No. And I sort of think of the my nieces and nephew who I was telling you about earlier, you know, they're sort of seeing this over and over again. Same thing with porn or all of this stuff right. and getting this completely unrealistic view on what beauty is, what sex is, what relationship is, and all of that stuff. And yeah, yeah I think it's going to cause some, some problems for the teenagers and people who are in their early 20s right now. Definitely. And relationships mm-hmm. because you see these like fake perfect relationships on Instagram where, I mean, speaking of in shape, everyone looks amazing and they're like, it's like a fitness couple. And it's like, that doesn't Mm -hmm. know. Like that's not, that's not a real thing. I actually heard of a dating app recently that hasn't launched yet. That's, it's like you meet in a workout class Mm. and then like you go out after Mm -hmm. or something. I wonder how you feel about that. Yeah, well, I'm I'm all for it uh-huh. because obviously I own if a fitness studio. Core. But it, it, I mean, like SolidCore, majority of my close friends I have met through SolidCore, whether mm-hmm. it is, you know, coaches who work here or, you know, clients who've come in. It does attract just because of how difficult it is. Right. It attracts this certain type of personality that is ambitious and, you know, wants to try new things, is curious, wants to push themselves. So it's really easy to feel connected to people there. But we do not get a lot of men in class. And it's, you know, it's something we sort of talk about a lot of why men don't feel this is sort of a workout they gravitate right. to. They'll go to a berries and, you know, other things. But when they come to solid core, it's either like, oh yeah, like this is Pilates or my girlfriend dragged me here. And then once they take sure. it, it's like, oh my God, that was so challenging. And one of the reasons we have discovered that people don't come back, at least for male, is they feel embarrassed that they can't like hang in this class with all these other women who are, you know, crushing it. So that's so funny because I feel like men have no problem going to a yoga class where everyone's like bending over the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. But backing up, I would love to talk about kind of what solid core Mm -hmm. is. And I haven't gone yet. I need to go. Mm -hmm. It's, it's happening. Great. But so my sister is actually a um, health coach okay. and she is amazing. She's like in postpartum right now. She just had a baby. Oh, cool. But I think she tried a solid core when before she mm-hmm. got pregnant and she can handle like any workout. She's like a Barry's girl, you know? And yeah. she was like, it was so hard, like the hardest thing. Yeah. So I wonder, what do you think it is that people say that? What is it exactly? Who is the person that you think can mm-hmm. do it? So... Solicore is different than most workouts that anybody has ever done before. And it was that way for me too. When I discovered intensified Pilates, I was in LA for work and I've done 11 marathons. I have, you know, done boot camps, all these things. I'm like, oh, this class looks fun. You know, like mm-hmm. this will be a little fun thing to do. Yeah. And I, 
I completely got annihilated. And it was these slow movements with the appropriate amount of tension on them that really challenged my slow twitch muscle fibers in ways that hadn't and weren't being worked. And the next day, I truly felt like I got hit by a truck. Like I was so sore in all these areas that women do try to tone and work. And I had felt that my body never looked representative to how hard I work, how disciplined mm. I am. And, I, and then finding intensified Pilates, I started to take, frankly, SLT in New York when I right. moved back here. And if I'm being honest, I just thought I can do this better. There's the community aspect that's missing. I felt there wasn't an environment that was welcoming and inclusive. There wasn't sort of this intensified athleticism brought into the brand. And that's sort of who I am at my core. I'm competitive. Mm -hmm. I love to play games and I'm an athlete. And I was like, I'm going to start, you know, a company down in DC around the same sort of concept mm -hmm. and just put my own little spin on it. I love it. You have to have some Aries in you. I just mm -hmm. have this feeling because you're so, you have that competitive yeah. vibe and aspect and like also love to work out. So we're definitely going to look at okay. your entire chart. Okay, great. But no, so I love that. Also, like that's a perfect example of, you know, some people get defeated when they're like, oh, I want to do something, but mm -hmm. it already, you know, exists. You can always do something differently and you can always do something better. I really, yes. and like if it exists, there is a reason there's a place in the market for it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I just, you know, as you, as I mentioned, SLT and, you know, we don't, we don't badmouth them. Like people are always like, oh my yeah. God, that's your competitor. I'm like, listen, we're, we just like SoulCycle and Flywheel or right, whatever. Right. Like we just feel like we're a completely different approach to a Pilates workout. Our coaching is different. It's dark in there. It's, you know, louder music. And we take a different, like we've developed our own machines. We have our own workout, our own training program. Right. And just like anything starts, you think about Pilates and then you've got this Legree that came out of Pilates, yeah. yoga, then hot yoga. Like there has to be a foundation somewhere, just like anything else that gets built upon. So everybody's building upon everybody else's ideas or invention. It's sort of before Solid Core, I ran this nonprofit yeah. called Back on My Feet that used running to help the homeless. I was not the first one to think about sport in social areas or, you know, I didn't invent running and I didn't create an environment, the first one to create an environment to help people who are homeless. It's just sort of finding these things that connect with you and then going after it with everything that you got and mm -hmm. making sure that you're, you know, doing it to your best of your ability. So I feel like you definitely get asked this all the time, but I'm so curious and I, and I'm sure our mm -hmm. listeners are as well. I know that you know, I've heard the phrase like abs are really made in the kitchen or, you know, those dumb things. But like, what is your diet like mm -hmm. and how would you suggest someone do a diet or not a diet? I hate that word, but mm -hmm. like a lifestyle, you know, what they put in their mouth that can show the best results if they're right. someone who does solid core. Yeah, I do, I do think that people are individuals and our bodies are different. Our metabolisms, our chemical makeup. I mean, our chemical yeah. makeup, I am legit not the same person I was yesterday because mm -hmm. my cells are regenerating. You know, there's all these kind of things going on in your body. So I think it's always a, a few things, honestly. And if I have to create this panacea for everybody, I'm like, screw cardio. Honestly, like I used to be the cardio queen mm. and I was not eating carbs. And I was just like, I'm mm. doing all the things that you think we're doing, doing the right stuff. And my body just, again, I'll show you some pictures after we get done, was not reflective of, of that look like somebody that worked out as much as I did. Mm. And you have to do resistance training, right? So cardio, you are not 
you're burning calories, but that's it. And it's good for your heart. So that's a good reason to do it. But you are not challenging your muscles in any kind of way that's going to transform body tone, fat composition, anything. When you're doing resistance training, especially at the level of, of solid core or other personal training, once you get the muscles to muscle failure, which means you actually have to rip them, that is when your body rebuilds. So it's sort of thinking about breaking a bone, which I also did this summer. Your body heals itself and it has to exert all of this extra energy to be able to repair the micro damage you just did, which means you've got a higher metabolisms. Your muscles are also getting wiser and smarter. And so they reconnect. They try to like get stronger together so that if you know they're going to do this again, they can handle it. Mm. And that's where muscle tone and everything comes from. And I still think a lot of women are afraid of weights. They're afraid of resistance training. They don't want to get big and bulky. I do solid core four days a week. Like it's my primary workout. I am not big and bulky. Like, you know, it's she's not. Yeah. And so it's it. it's like it is the way and it is yeah. the most effective way to change your body is resistance training. Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, we just talked about you ordering chicken fingers. Like, yeah. you know, I had a burger two nights ago. Like it is fine. Starving yourself and causing stress on your body also has a major difference in your body's ability to store a burned fat. Mm. And if you're stressed out and not sleeping, which I think is also one of the top things. When people tell me they can't lose weight, so my first question is like, how much are you sleeping? sleeping? And if you're sleeping four hours a night, I don't care what you're doing. Your body is not going to perform and it's going to store fat. Sleep is the best way to lose weight. Like it's It's, just getting a normal amount of sleep. You burn so many calories. In your body repairs. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not getting, if like people are like, oh, I have to choose between a nap and working out and I'm so tired. I'm like, take a nap. Yeah. It's not it's not doing what you think it's doing for your body to go work out when you're yeah. under stress and and not uh, rested. So let's put workout and solid core mm-hmm. aside for just a second and talk a little bit about your relationship status. What is that at the moment? Not single. Okay. In, in relationship. Okay. I mean, what's the term? Yeah. In, in a relationship. relationship. Yeah, yeah. In relationship. Yeah. So like a defined yes. relationship. Yeah. And how did you meet this person? How long have you been together? I met Sam the same way as I've met all of my boyfriends, which is, well, I shouldn't say met, but I have made the first move on Mm. every guy that I've ever had any kind of long-term relationship with. So he started following me on Instagram and I was like, that guy's really cute. So I just DM'd him and I'm like, "Do, do we know each other? And we just started texting and he was traveling around the the globe at the time and sort of taking a hiatus from working in finance in New York. And I was like salivating over his pictures of just in mountains and skiing and snowboarding and like just yeah. looks so free. Right. And I'm like, you know, in the office every day building this company. So there's a little bit of like the grass is always greener, but we just started texting back and forth about podcasts and politics and, you know, the way we view life and priorities and values and things like that. And then we both happened to be in New York almost a year ago to the day. And we, I'm like, you should come take solid core. So we came and took a class and then we had a drink afterward. And that was kind of the end of the story. That's so cool. I love that you made the first move, but I also think that he kind of did too, in a way, by following you, sure. you know, did you ever ask him like, why'd you follow me? By yes. The way? It's such, it's actually a funny story. So he was 
consulting with uh, a woman who owned a Legree studio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Checking and out di- the competition. Exactly. And they're like, we want to do what Solid Core did. Like, we want to do this in Canada, what Solid Core did. Mm-hmm. And so Sam was just like looking and like, okay, well, I got to go check this out. Got to find more about this and like learn more about this person um, and how this all happened. And then like that whole thing like fell through and they didn't pursue any of that stuff. Right. So then Sam and I started to spend more time together. That's so funny because... So when I was single, I like people would follow me all the time mm-hmm. and I would always check them out if they were public and right. I could see them or even if they were private and their little pictures seemed cute, I'd be like, oh, I want to follow them and be like, hey, what's up? Right. But I never felt like I always felt kind of weird about it because I was mm-hmm. like, well, they followed me. They can message me. But right. There's no re- like there's no reason not to message them. Exactly. They and already I, put themselves out there by right. following you. Right. And even, even if not, I think, you know. I am not a wallflower and Mm -hmm. I have never sort of sat back and waited for an opportunity to come my way, whether it's been with men or starting a nonprofit or a for-profit or whatever it has been. And I think people like taking a lot of personal responsibility for that, you know, and I think women still have a tendency to do kind of the waiting game, you know, being at a bar, waiting for someone to come over and talk to them. And I'm like, we can't have it both ways, guys. We can't fight for equality in the professional world and push this glass ceiling and then sort of sit and, you know, not participate in that other area. Like if you see somebody you're interested in, what's the worst he's going to say? I'm not interested. I have a girlfriend. I have whatever. Like, it's okay. Like, right. That's the worst that's going to happen. You're 100% right. And actually someone reached out recently and they were like, I gave this thing a shot. I've been seeing this guy on the subway every day and like we totally make eyes. She's like, so I wrote him a note and I passed it to him before like we left. And I guess in the note she was like, hey, you know, I've been seeing you every day. I think you're cute. Like, here's my number. And he texted her and he was like, hey, like, thank you. But I'm actually in a relationship. But thanks like that, you know, and like, it's not the end of the world, yeah. you know? So I do agree that you can totally like make that first move. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think after that, there is a moment kind of where you have to then wait because you don't want to be, or at least mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be pursuing like the entire relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I would want to know, like I would make the first move and then I would kind mm-hmm. of wait for them to make the second, if that yeah. makes any it's, sense. It's like the egalitarian aspect of it. If you want to feel a little equal, sort of cat and mouse, like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm showing interest to you. Is it there in return? Because everybody wants to feel wanted. So I think that that is fine. And I, you know, I'm a big Mark Manson fan. I don't know if you know yeah, who he is. Yeah, he's been but, on the podcast. Oh, really? You have to listen to this yeah, episode. Yeah, I will. I will. I just, you know, I think he's a brilliant sort of author and I really appreciate his approach with that. And there's just some simplicities around, it's a fuck yes or no, right? And that's simple language around stuff. If this person on the other end is not into you, like, why would you want to be with somebody who's not into you? And sometimes that takes a few months to figure that out. But I think again, we still kind of push in this person who's playing games with us and we we want to figure it out. We want whatever. So we will participate in something that's not healthy for whether it's self-esteem issues or ego issues or something else. Yep, exactly. So we spoke and before we started recording and you mentioned to me, you had been engaged once mm-hmm. before. What was the story there? You know, how old were mm-hmm. you? How did you meet this person and why... Why did you yep. not end up going through with that? Yeah, so I'm I'm not a big proponent of marriage, frankly. It has not been something I've ever dreamed about and wanted. I mean, I'm 39, right? If I wanted to be married, I think I would be at this point. And not saying that I'm not 
open to it if it's the right thing and my partner and we really sort of talk through why this is something that we would want to do. But I've never sort of dated anybody to think like I'm dating this person to get married. And if that's not going to go there, then I'm not interested in it. So my relationship before Sam was with a guy named Rob, who's an amazing guy, who is a who's a Libra. I was just going to say. Well, so is Sam. Sam's a Libra too, but they're very different. And maybe part of it is I'm also different. I did a lot of work after this relationship. And and both September Libras or October? No, he's so so Rob is end of October and I'm early November. Um, and we are both fiery. And in our relationship, we could not not be fiery. So it was lots of mountains, lots of valleys, and that became the norm of our relationship was just this volatile you know, up and down and the ups felt so good almost to the point where we would, or I would push us to get down just so we could climb back up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was on me and I'll take that responsibility. But yeah, I felt like we were fighting so much and I felt a big reason our relationship wasn't what I thought it could be was because of the inequality that I felt my partner felt in our relationship. And I was like, the only way for me to fix this is to suggest us getting married. And mm-hmm. even the whole process, like the ring process, I just felt anxious. I Nothing about it made me feel comfortable. And so as soon as we got engaged, we were broken up and he moved out within the next six, six weeks. Oh, wow. And it was a hard crash. And we both loved each other so much, but knew that we couldn't be together. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like this breakup that, you know, sort of like something happened or, you know, we didn't have, we weren't in love anymore. Like we were crazy in love and we just knew we couldn't be together. Because so you just couldn't get along. We co- I mean, we were, we did not bring out the best of one another. Mm-hmm. And how, like, what's your advice to someone who might be relating to that? How do you know if you're not bringing out the best of each oh, other? Oh, man, I think, I think deep down, you know, whether, whether you admit it to yourself and that's it, but you, you know, and you might have, you might feel in the way I felt of, I've got, there's so much passion of like, when things are good, like I, no one else exists in the world and Mm. our chemistry is insane. And so that can be intoxicating and it can be blinding. And if you can't, if your relationship only works at the peaks and that's only where it works, it doesn't work on the everyday average Tuesdays. It doesn't work when you get, when you fight, if you don't fight well, I think there's some real like honesty that needs to come out of there. And I'd also suggest like, honestly, go, why not try therapy? If you're there and you want to yeah. make it work, at least give it that one more shot. We did that too. And it was just too late in our relationship. Yeah. Preventative therapy, like before getting engaged, before marriage is always a good mm-hmm. idea. Any therapy, anytime is a good idea if you can afford it for sure. Yeah. I think I, what's the, again, same thing. Like you, yeah. get, you learn some things that you maybe didn't know about yourself, learn how to better handle stuff, discover why you do what you do and mm. sort of unravel or unpack some of the layers to yourself. I mean, it's, it's interesting stuff. You mentioned you didn't like fight well or, no. or if some, you know, if someone doesn't fight well, what does it look like to fight well? Like, have you had a fight with Sam? Oh yeah. And Sam is much calmer than than Rob. So that definitely helps. But I, I mean, I went in deep after this breakup. It was, I've never been, I don't even know if Rob broke up with me. We broke up to each other, but I've never had my heart broken. So I made it till 37 before having my heart broken. And it was this like, I've got to figure out how this happened. And it was the only time in any relationship where I was like, okay, I got some responsibility here. Like mm-hmm. I was a big part of why this didn't work. And I, and I want to figure out, my own shit so that when I get into another situation with somebody who I can see as a really long-term partner that I 
do some things differently here. I mean, I'm happy to talk about bad behavior. So I would, you know, I would pick fights with Rob and mm-hmm. I'm a really sort of smart debater. So I would make it feel like it is his fault, get him to apologize. And then I would feel like I have the power, right? Yep. So it's like, great, I forgive you. I'm I'm the one forgiving you. You were the one who has apologized. There is this unequal balance in our relationship. And I found out for me, that was the only place I was comfortable is if mm-hmm. things felt unequal. Yeah. And so I constantly created that environment and I never took responsibility for anything that went wrong. I had a very difficult time apologizing. And now with Sam, like, I just, I don't do that because I'm fully aware of what that behavior will produce. Mm-hmm. And I've also been on the receiving end of that behavior and it doesn't feel good. So it's like, I don't want to do that to this person. It doesn't mean I haven't made mistakes or screwed up. And I'm like, okay, like I'm doing the thing I said I wouldn't do and it's happening. I need a break. I need a minute, but I'm just more aware. Mm -hmm. And I've also shared all this stuff with Sam. So he's fully aware of like, you should know these things about me so you can call me out on them. Yeah. It's so crazy that you found Sam or you found like a healthy relationship after Mm -hmm. not just having your heart broken, but recognizing your part in a -hmm. heartbreak. And I feel like I was, you know, I remember my first rejection and everyone's not rejection, but, you know, Mm -hmm. heartbreak and everyone's been, hopefully everyone, you know, goes through a heartbreak Mm -hmm. because you learn a lot, but I didn't learn a thing that first time. Mm -hmm. And so some higher power did it to me again, right? like years later when I was ready to learn from it. Right. And then my part, my now partner, who's, you know, the healthiest relationship I've ever been in came into my life because I actually acknowledged it and learned from it. I feel like you have to learn from it in order to get that or like appreciate or nurture that actually good relationship in your life. Yeah. And I think all the other relationships, I just didn't care that they really ended and they were long and they were meaningful in some regard. But it's like what Tony Robbins says is that inspiration only or motivation I'm sorry only comes out of places of extreme pain or extreme yeah. extreme inspiration I just watched that documentary oh, really I've gone to, I've been to Tony Robbins have you Destiny yeah it was amazing uh-huh. and I recommend for anybody and you'll be like oh my god it's 12 hours and you're dancing up and down all the time and it's like yes and Sounds go great. and put your shit aside and yeah. just like immerse yourself and do it I've bought I don't even know, 15 tickets for my friends and coworkers. And then like, you're going That's to Tony amazing. Robbins. Yeah, it's um, it's a pretty powerful experience. And you learn a lot and you learn about your values and you learn about your behaviors. Mm-hmm. And if you're really honest, you walk out of there feeling so empowered to be in control of your, again, own happiness, your own mm-hmm. stuff, your own problems, yeah. and that you can truly do something about it if you really want to. So you have a really high just like drive to be successful, to create, to go for what you want. Do you feel like that drive applies to other areas of your life too? Like, do you feel like, for example, you have a high sex drive because you have a high work drive or do you not think the two are related? Yes, they are. For me, everything is related. Mm -hmm. Like I've, as you mentioned dating before, I've never dated and I'm like, I'm going on this date with this one person. I'm dating this person, this person. Like if I'm not into you enough where I'm like, I'm just into you, I don't want to see you again. Yeah. And so yes, same thing with whether it's sex drive, marathoning, like I don't do solid core once a week or once a month. Like I do it four times a week. Like anything that I sort of do, I feel like I do it. I want to do it really well and I want to do it so it has an impact. And that's just kind of served me. And I'm also aware I have 
a bit of an addictive personality. Fortunately, I haven't come into trouble with drugs or alcohol or any sort of substance stuff, but I have put that into other areas of my life that mm-hmm. have proven to be very, what I feel very beneficial. And yes, I love to create and build. I feel like that's the essence of who I am. For sure. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you a few of these poll questions that we do on our Instagram daily. And um, we'll do kind of like a lightning round. So people you like right away usually end up sucking. And people you hate right away usually end up being great. True or false? False. Interesting. Okay. Is it a red flag if they reject you and then out of the blue want to hook up with you again? Yes. Agreed. Many people agree with that. Is it ever okay to make your partner sleep on the couch? Yes. And I would say in reverse, it's the same. Okay. For my partner to make me sleep on the couch. But like, what's a reason? I just think if you need space Uh and like you're going to, and you're going to be up all night and with that person sitting in there and you're too close or whatever, like it doesn't have to be a punishment to go sleep on the couch. It actually could be a smart strategy to be like, I just need a little space tonight. Yeah. So Emma Watson recently said that she prefers to be called self-partnered rather than single. What do you prefer if you were single? Yeah. I mean, the the boxes, when you've got to check them, single, married, whatever, I'm like, I guess I got to check single because there isn't one for relationship. Right. I never had thought about that. I, I don't define myself a lot when I'm single, like being single. So I would have to give that, I'd have to give that more thought. I just feel like I'm a very, I'm no different in a relationship than not. And I'm super independent. I just choose to be independent with Sam. Yeah. Well, that's a good relationship Mm -hmm. when you can be independent. Does it mean anything if someone cooks you breakfast after spending the night? Yes. How often do you have morning sex after a sleepover? Always or just sometimes? Just sometimes. Yeah, I guess it depends on the morning. Had you experienced true love before you were 21? Yes. Whatever true love means for somebody below 21. Yes, I can remember being in love when I was 16 years old. Do you agree that there's a big difference between a first love and a last love? These yes or no questions. I'm like, (laughs) no, asterisk. I want to explain myself. Again, that's a that's a tough one to put in a bucket. So, I mean, yes, there's going to be different types of love out there. What hurts more, a first love cheating or being dumped by someone you never dated? (laughs) First love cheating. Yeah, that hurts a lot because I've been there. Do your parents give you their opinions on your partners or do they keep them to themselves? They keep them to themselves. Do you prefer hearing their opinions or them keeping it? Yeah, I prefer. I mean, I'll I'll ask. Mm -hmm. Um, And fortunately, I mean, they have liked everyone besides one person I was sort of dating. And that was also not, they did not, they kept that to themselves until afterward. Right, right. Is it a red flag if your partner tells their mom everything? Yes. Yeah, agreed. All right, cool. That's the lightning round. Okay. So we're just going to end with a quote or piece of advice that you want to share with our listeners that you feel like has either motivated you or helped you. Maybe it's a Tony Robbins thing, maybe not. 
Yeah, we'll stick to the, if it can be around anything I want. Mm -hmm. Okay. We will stick to the Tony Robbins thing since we mentioned it. But there is all these different exercises uh, that he does. And one of my favorite one is around what your values are and what your needs are. So he is adamant that as humans, we have six needs. We just prioritize them differently. So it is security, variety, significance, love, growth and contribution, that we all need elements of that. But some people, you can probably think of somebody whose values security is like the number one thing above all. And for me, that is number six. Yeah. And I'm aware that I probably feel that way because I already have a lot of security in my life. So I look for adventure. I look Mm -hmm. for spontaneity. I look for unpredictability. But I value growth probably growth contribution. And then love is number three. And one of the key things he said, which I also agree with, is you need to find a partner where your top two align. Mm. It doesn't have to be the top two, but of your top three, two of them need to be the same. So for example, if Sam's number one things was security and that was my bottom, Mm. we're going to have very different needs and values. And it's worth not just like shooting off and oh, I'm this, 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 and this. Like really think through, if you're going to say your number one thing is growth, then you better have the actions to back it up. And like, are you a voracious reader? Do you travel? Like, how are you growing as a human on these kind of everyday stuff? Same thing with contribution. Like, okay, what do you mean contribute? Are you helping others in a certain way? Mm-hmm. Are you doing a podcast? Are you putting content out that you think is right. doing X? So it's a really valuable exercise and also kind of cool to do it each year because they change and they should change. I'm going to do that right when you leave with my partner. With your chicken fingers. It's perfect. Exactly. (laughs) So, and where can everyone find you, follow you, and sign up for a class? Yeah. So, Solicor has 60 plus locations around the country, mainly on the East Coast, Midwest, and the South. So, people can go to Solicor and and, uh, sign up for a class. It really will change your body and the way that you work out. I'm pretty confident in that. And uh, you can just follow me on Instagram at Ann Malum and... Yeah, that's probably the easiest place. I really don't do Twitter. There's just so many places for people to contact you and stay in touch wow. with you. Remember that? Um, did you ever see that movie? Yes, it's just not that yes, into you. Yes. It's like your answering machine to yeah, your mind. Like, like this. Uh-huh. It's like good. And I get berated. Like I emailed you. I'm like, you know, I didn't get it. Yeah. I'm sorry, but also like you just have you can't respond to possibly yeah. everything all the time, mm-hmm. and it just can be too much. So anyway, great yeah. movie by the way. He's just lying. Yes. not that into you. If you haven't seen it, see it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Anne, for being here. Of course. Write us a review in the iTunes store app, wherever. And thank you guys for listening. 